0: Early impressions tend to be stronger than later impressions. The reason is because the closer we are to essence, the stronger the impressions tend to be. When you're very young, the impressions that you take in are very powerful, very strong. And when they're recorded, they're recorded in you. They're recorded in the same quality that they are received. So you can have the finest recording instruments in the world. And if you've got a bad source, the recording can only be as good as the source. So the impressions are the source and the recording is you. Your instrument is you. And you record these impressions when you're young, and they're very strong, very powerful. Later, the impressions that we receive and record, because we are further from essence, are not as strong. They're not as powerful. Just in the same way that... Light hitting the surface of the ocean, if you're on a boat on the ocean, light bouncing off the water can burn you. If you go down a couple hundred feet, the light that reaches you is much, much, much less. And you go down far enough, no light will reach you. So the closer we are to essence, the stronger the impression. As we age, we move away from essence and move toward false personality. And what is it that moves? It's our sense of I that moves. Our sense of I moves away from essence and it starts moving into this false personality, these overcoats that we end up putting on one after another, one after another, one after another until we have this huge thing that operates us, that walks us around, that, does, that makes us go where it wants to go, that has an inertia of its own that takes us wherever it is going mechanically. And we're somewhere in there, lost, because our sense of I is out here in all this outside thing, this false personality. So the impressions then are not as strong because it's like we're buried under the sea. We're underneath all of these overcoats. So if I come and I stick a pin, I remember when, when diapers used to have pins. And every once in a while, if you weren't careful, you could poke the baby with the pin. And the baby didn't like that. But later in life, you know, when you're wearing all these overcoats, you take a pin, it takes a very long pin to poke somebody and make them scream. And this is the truth for, this is the way it is for us. In so many ways, it takes so much to get to anything in us because we have so much coding us, so much defending us, keeping our essence safe from bad life, from all of the things in life, that it's almost impossible to reach who we are. Plus, we don't know who we are because we're living on the circumference of ourselves rather than at the center of ourselves where essence is. So impressions are recorded in much the same way that a CD or a DVD is burned. The source will determine the quality of the recording. Look, it's zeros and ones. Digital recording these days, it's zeros and ones. It's no longer analog recording. It's zeros and ones. It's all digital. You get the zeros and ones. The recording is going to be as good as it can be according to the source. So what you've got to work on is the source, not the recording material. You've got to have the source as clean as it can be. Impressions burned in our centers enter via the senses, so they come from outside through the five senses, and then they are burned in our centers. They're recorded there, the same way that a DVD or a CD is burned, and I'm using this as an example. This isn't literal. You don't have CDs and DVDs inside of you, and you don't have a little machine that's spinning them and burning them with a laser. That's not the way it works how it works is similar to that though. Let's just say for, this, for the sake of understanding that this stuff is being laid down in you. It's being recorded in you, in your different centers. Now, we know that they can come, that the impressions can come from outside through the five senses, or they can come from inside. And at our level, when, that, when I say they come from inside, what I mean is they come from imagination. That's what I mean. They don't come from higher centers because we're not in touch with higher centers. So they come from imagination. But that doesn't mean that some recording from higher centers doesn't get through. But it generally gets through earlier in life rather than later. Because as we have our sense of I drift away from our center and more toward our circumference, toward the outer, through the senses, to false personality, we are less and less in touch with the powerful recordings in our essence, our earlier recordings. Those impressions that come from within are more real, they're more vivid, and they're more intimate than the impressions that come from the five senses. Make a mental note of this. The impressions that come from within, from the imagination, are more real, they're more vivid, and they're more intimate than the impressions that come through the five senses. When we pour new wine into old wineskins, the skins burst. Newer, weaker impressions produce a feeling of unreality as we get older. Let me give you an example about this. As we get older, we're getting newer impressions all the time, but they're weaker than the impressions that we got earlier on. Now, let's say you go back to where you went to grade school. Let's say you moved away and where you hadn't been to where you went to grade school, and you go back to your original classroom your first grade or kindergarten, whatever. You go back there and you look at the little desks and you look at the room and it seems so small compared to what you remember. And you look around at everything and it's, 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 it's unreal. It's like being in a made up world, an imaginary world. This world isn't real. How We had this sense of unreality about the whole thing. I don't remember it like this at all. Or you go back to your old neighborhood. And you find trees that grew that were just saplings before, and you find roads and freeways and ha- and buildings torn down and something else in their place, and it's and it leaves you with a sense of unreality. It's like this isn't where I grew up. This isn't what it was like. I remember this walk to school being so much further, but but now it's just a block or two blocks, and it was it seemed like miles when I was a child. So the impressions that we receive now are not as strong as the impressions that we received then and were recorded then. And so we have this sense of unreality, this conflict. That's pouring new wine into old wineskins. And what happens is they burst. We have this, this can't be, this isn't real. We have this strange sense of unreality about it all. This is a natural thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a natural thing. We can't believe the evidence of our senses over the recorded early impressions. We have a very difficult time believing, look, this is the way it is now. That building isn't there anymore. This tree isn't that small anymore. This tree is now, that used to be 12 feet tall, is now 40 feet tall. That's the way it is. These desks that you used to be able to sit in, you can't fit in anymore. That's the way it is. Our senses, we think our senses are lying to us. This is a very important thing to remember. Because we trust our senses so much. Think about how much you trust your senses. The work says, imagination satisfies every center. While children, we imagine what life will be like later when we grow up. What were you going to be when you grew up? Veterinarian. A veterinarian. What were you going to be when you grew up? A ballerina. A ballerina. And what were you going to be? A forest ranger. A forest ranger. Okay. And none of these people are what they were going to be. You're not a ballerina. You're a nurse. You're not a forest ranger. You're a purchasing agent. You're not a veterinarian. You're an electrician. Newsflash: It didn't work out the way we said it was. The way we imagined it would work out. Agreed? Okay, good. We're on track now. <laughs> so while we're children, we imagine what life will be like, and then we get there, and it isn't what we imagined it would be like. Our bubble is burst. Our wineskins are burst, it just didn't work out that way. So all of the new wine, all of the new impressions that are being poured in aren't working with the old impressions. And so we have this conflict. Because we're unaware of these recordings, of the earlier impressions, we don't know why we're disappointed, why we're discontent, why we're sad, why we're morose, why we're melancholy. Why we're depressed. We don't understand. It's just something that comes over us. It's just something that bubbles up. It's just something that happens. It's just a state that we find ourselves in. But the reason is very clear. Because there's this conflict between the imagination and the recordings that we had, the early impressions, the recordings of the early impressions, and what we have now, the impressions, the weaker impressions that we're taking in now, new wine, as it were. So we tend to look backwards because life, as it is, appears unreal compared with the strong impressions that were recorded early. So we look back, well, that's why it's never as good as the good old days. That's why your mother or your father or your brother or your sister or whoever was better than anything you've got now. That's why we do what we do. That's why it is the way it is for us. We tend to look backwards. The thing that helps us to deal with all this is we've got to bring up some work ideas. It's going to repeat. All of this disappointment, all of this discontent, all of this sadness is going to repeat. It's going to continue to repeat over and over and over again. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed the cycle of repetition with this in your own life? Yeah. It keeps coming up again and again, just like a wheel. It keeps coming around to that spot on the wheel again again and again and again and again and again and there's nothing you seem to be able to do about it. If we want it different, we must work on ourselves now. If we want that repetition to stop, we've got to work on ourselves now, because fixing anything out there isn't going to stop it. It's about the impressions that we have inside. Those are the things that need to be fixed. It's about the recordings that we have inside of us. Those are the things that need to be fixed, not the things outside. We can work on the things outside forever and we will still come to the same spot on the wheel because we're not working on the cause of the problem. The cause of the problem is in us. Work on imagination is one of the things that we have to do. Undirected imagination uselessly consumes force. What is undirected imagination? Daydreaming, fantasizing, negative imagination, rehearsing. You're going to meet somebody and you're going to talk to somebody. You rehearse how it's going to go, what you're going to say. And negative, undirected, undirected imagination ends up being negative. Well, he's going to say this and I'm going to tell him. And he she's going to say that. Well, I'll show her. And they think this and blah, blah. Do you know you do this? Yes. Okay. Do you know that you're doing this all the time, that you don't ever do... See, it's like, one person doesn't like another person, another person doesn't like another person. Why is that? It has nothing to do with the people. It has to do with... the, The whole thing is, in my head, I have this relationship with this other person in my head, and it's completely imaginary, and I am the judge, the jury, the prosecutor, and the defense who rested a long time ago. When it comes to that other person, the defense in me rested with that person long. He doesn't have any defense. It's just prosecution, judge, and jury. And we all know what's going to happen. We all know who wins this one. And this is what we do. And we call this hatred. We call this dislike. We call this animosity, we call this being at odds with somebody. And it's all inside. None of it happens outside. It's all inside. We are loath to admit it, because we love hanging on to it. Work on imagination is one of the things we have to do, and that's one of the kinds of imagination we have to work on. That kind where we rehearse and we have conversations with people in our heads that we're not having with them outside. That's imagination. That needs to be worked on. If you're not working on that, you're never going to solve your problems with people. Got it? Good. We lie passively in an imagination bath until we end up with this incredible distaste for life. You know, when you have a hard day at work and you just want to go home and soak in a hot tub. That's what we do. We do that with imagination. We don't like the way it's going out here. So we go into our imagination and we soak in that, passively just lie back and soak in that until we finally end up not wanting anything to do with life. This is a horrible thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's a good example and it just came into my head. And, and, and we all know that anything that comes into my head should come out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, so I will, I will fix it up a little bit. But, I was watching this, this thing, this CSI thing, because these crime scene investigation programs are really, I guess they were really a fad a couple years ago. I, they're probably not as as important now, but I'm a little behind the times um, since I'm like rerun city. Anyway, and, and this guy, he kills this porn star in a park. And... So they have to track down how this happens. Well, it turns out that the guy had been watching this porn star and he knew everything about her. And you know, and his fraternity wrote her a letter and invited her to come jump out of a cake or something, I don't know, at the party. And, and she turned him down and anyway, he killed her. So, but the thing was is that his girlfriend said, well, you know, he couldn't make love anymore. And the, the, one of the CSI people said, well, that's you know, what happens is when you watch too much porn, you end up living in your imagination and you can't deal with reality. And I thought, wow, that really says, look at how dissatisfied we become with our partners, with people in our lives, because we can imagine something so much better. Why is it that your fantasies never, you never get tired of those, you just change those, but but you get tired of people, and that's why, because imagination satisfies every center, because imagination is vivid, because imagination is powerful, and because it doesn't take much work, you just lie there passively and soak in it, let it wash over you. And we like that, no effort is good. So we end up with this distaste for life. People who live in imagination will never be satisfied by life because they've traded the real for the unreal. How can you possibly be satisfied with what is not real unless you too are not real? But the more real you become, the more real your life will become. What is it that we have on our website? Life is real then only when, when I am. Life is real only when you are. Well, why is life so unreal? (laughs) Okay, well, because you are. That's why. Try to observe at least one form of imagination in yourself. This is your homework. This is your exercise, your duty. This is what I'm asking you to do about this. Try to observe at least one form of imagination in yourself. I know that it's much easier to observe one form of imagination in your spouse, your partner, but I would like you instead to observe one form of imagination in yourself. Then try to observe something recorded in the centers by imagination that causes you to expect what you don't get. So try and find some impression recorded in some of your centers that cause you to expect what you don't get in life. For example, Some people expect to be accepted by everybody. They expect to get along with everybody, but they don't get that in life. Try and find where that imagination is recorded that gives you the expectation that you should be able to fit in any group and be totally accepted, get along with everybody. Because you've got to see, that's pure imagination. It's just not the way life is under 48 orders of laws. So it's got to be imagination. Okay, those are the two things that I want you to do. Imagination prevents you from appreciating what you have. How can you appreciate what you have when imagination is constantly telling you that's not good enough? The ideas of this work, esoteric ideas, ideas of truth, can cure you if you entertain them long enough. It's not enough to brush up against them. It's not enough to carry them under your arm. You have to invite them in to have tea with you. You have to invite them in to have dinner with you. You have to invite them in for long discourses and conversations where you talk to each other, where you talk to the ideas, you talk to the work and the work taught, and then you listen and you see what the work has to say to you. You talk to the ideas and then you listen and see what the ideas have to say to you. Unless you do that, they can't really help you. They can't cure you. They have raw power to heal us if we will spend enough time with them and submit ourselves to them. That's another thing. You've got to listen to what they say and submit yourself to them. You can't be arguing all the time. Well, that's not the way it is. Blah, 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 blah. You don't understand. It's not a good idea to tell the work it doesn't understand. It's not a good idea to tell these ideas they don't understand. You're the one who doesn't understand. You're the one that needs to raise your level of being to understand what these ideas are about. Not try and bring the ideas down to you. But you need to rise up to the ideas. Another idea that heals is our being attracts our life. If it's in your life, you brought it there. We talked about this yesterday, didn't we? How did that work out? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was you and I, didn't we talk about it? Did I give you some kind of an example that you did this? Yeah. Yeah, okay. If, if it's in your life, you did it. You're not a victim. You did it. Your level of being attracted it. Well, I don't know how I did that. So? Well, I don't understand. Right. That's my point. You don't understand. You need to understand. But you're not explaining it to me so that I can understand it. No, you're not coming up to the level where you can understand it. You have work to do. You must come up to the level where you can understand it. I'm giving you the tools. You must do the work. It's like the Watchman Nee said, uh, he wrote in his book, uh, Table in the Wilderness, about the the little kid who was upstairs and he said mommy could you you know would you could I have a glass of water or something she said yeah come down here and get it he said oh it's so far could you please bring it up and that you know it's like that's us except that we're downstairs and what we want is upstairs and we say well could you please bring it down and it's a no you have to walk up here and get it but it's so far yes it is far but it's going to be the same distance when you're done whining and complaining about it as it was before. So get moving. Start. and in the, But I can't make it. That's true. You can't make it, and you know that, and you're right about that. But in the process of climbing those stairs, you will gain, gain the strength that you need and the insight that you need and the wisdom that you need and the experience that you need to climb the rest of the stairs. It's in the process that you learn and you grow and you unfold. It's in the process of doing it, not sitting there thinking about it and wondering about it and wishing that someone would bring it down to you. This is something you have to think about. Our being attracts our life. Let its power and force enter into you. When you realize the truth of it, you'll stop blaming life. When you stop blaming life, you are on the road. What road? The road to life. What life? A life different from the life that we know. The linchpin of this work is the practical application of the ideas shared in the podcasts. If you'll go to solidrockvista.com to the thoughts page, I've written a number of articles that will help you to practice the principles that we're sharing with you in the podcasts.